Grace and peace to you. I want to back up a little bit and welcome my daughter, Sophie, who is one of our liturgists this morning. I meant to do that earlier, and it's a great privilege to have her uh, sharing in worship leadership today. Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth, O God, and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For those of you who have experienced taking a first-year child to college on move-in day might be sympathetic to me. After we unpacked boxes, made their beds, set up their dorm rooms, and awkwardly prepared for our goodbyes, I felt compelled to share all the mom wisdom I feared I hadn't told them for 18 years. I felt duty-bound to give a sermonette about my hopes and my appeals for them. Get enough sleep. Don't eat too many sweet carbohydrates. Be kind to the lonely kids. Learn the names of those people who clean your buildings. Say thank you to those who serve you food in the cafeteria. Date people who treat restaurant servers with respect. Don't walk alone at night. Keep up with your homework. Ask for help when you need it. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget from where you've come. And above all, don't forget you are loved no matter what. This is essentially what's happening in today's biblical story. While at the brink of entering the promised land, Moses is giving God's people one last sermonette. One more opportunity to remind them that they belong to God and it is God's commandments that they are to follow. Moses warns, when you become prosperous in the land that God is giving you, a land overflowing with all you need to flourish in this life, you must not forget to remember the giver of life. You must not forget to remember all that you have comes from the grace of God. It is not earned by your own doing, and all you have definitely is not for your own keeping. A few weeks ago, I was with a group of about 25 clergy in Louisville, Kentucky, also known as the Presbyterian Mecca, and we were brought together to think about uh, creative ministry in our own particular context. Um, be it a traditional historic congregation like Montview, or churches that meet in more innovative spaces like um, farms and in the wild and in houses. And when you get a group of clergy together, inevitably, no matter what the context, the conversation leads to the challenges around money. How's your budget? Are people giving what do you do for stewardship season? What are some best practices? 
And most pastors know that it is uncomfortable for, per, for parishioners to talk about money, and it is certainly uncomfortable for most pastors. But I think people aren't really averse to talking about money. We talk about money all the time, right? We talk about the market, earnings and losses, inflation, housing prices, cost of living, and so on. Our discomfort seems to come when we address giving money away. That is when we have to talk about sharing our money. Money conversations for clergy can lead to hand-wringing out of fear. Many, many churches are being closed. The sharp decline in church membership across denominations is real. And the sharp decline in Christian affiliation is very real. Our small group of pastors um, encouraged one another not to surrender to the fear of scarcity. But I have to admit that there were a handful of us who pastor large congregations and congregations with an abundance of resources, not just financial, but in so many ways. And quietly we confessed to one another that we weren't afraid our church doors are going to close because our congregants are so generous. And for this, we are immensely grateful and humbly grateful. What we could agree upon, though, is that congregations that have abundant resources are at risk of one important thing, and that is forgetting God. Simply put, human nature reveals that when things are going well, when we are in a season of prosperity, we might forget that God is the source of our strength and the source of our lives. It's tempting to think our success is a product of us working harder than others. That's the problem Moses is warning against. As they crossed into a land rich with resources, he says, do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. Moses prepares the people to resist temptations that will inevitably come with affluence. When you have eaten your fill, built your fine houses, and live in them, when you multiply your investments, do not exalt yourself. Do not forget the God of your ancestors. Affluence can lead to amnesia. The harder we pursue a sense of security, the more our fears increase. The more we have, the more we're afraid of losing. A fear of scarcity keeps us in a cycle of telling ourselves that there's never enough. Have you noticed that generous people are often relaxed people. Generous people seem to trust implicitly that there is always enough and that God has set up the world so that everyone will have enough. And Moses says, the Lord your God provided all good things so that no one 
would lack anything. While in the wilderness, God commanded the people not to hoard manna out of their fear that God would not provide for them, but they did anyway. And over and over, God scolded them for their lack of trust. Lack of trust turns into greed, and greed generates suspicion and unhealthy competition and envy and anxiety. But how do we keep ourselves from slipping into these cycles of distrust and anxiety? Moses says, follow the commandments of God. And here, are the, here is the essence of the commandments from Deuteronomy chapter 10. O Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Only to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his decrees the ones I am commanding you today for your own well-being. For the Lord is not partial and takes no bribe. God executes justice for the orphan and the widow and loves the strangers, providing them food and clothing. So you shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt." God commands the people not to forget what God had done for them. That the Israelites would not forget that they were brought out of Egypt, that they were liberated from an oppressor. God said, do not forget that I provided for you for 40 years in the wilderness. And lest you forget, lest you forget that you were the oppressed, you might become the oppressor. In God's economy, the well-being of all people is reliant upon the well-being of the most vulnerable people. The Apostle Paul said to the young and anxious church in Corinth, God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. Stewarding abundance relies on our memory and our gratitude and our generosity. And stewardship is not only about turning in our annual pledge cards. Believe me, that's important, and we're glad to receive your pledge cards. But stewardship poses the question, what are we doing with all we have? That includes more than financial resources. Stewardship is about how we utilize the good, privileged educations we have and our professions. How do we steward the roles we play in society or our social stability or our influence through voice and vote? Stewardship is about accessing our networks of relationships when it comes to policy making on behalf of the most vulnerable. How do we steward all we have? 
sharing from our abundance, God says, increases our own well-being. And studies show that the practice of gratitude can set us free from toxic thoughts and negative emotions. Practicing gratitude is shown to strengthen one's mental health. We are wired to be generous. And we have abundantly more than enough to offer God's healing love to the world. God's love is on auto-refill in our emotional bank accounts. We never have to fear we'll run out. We cannot spend it all. And we are called to make healthy investments by spreading seeds of love that will produce a bounty of thanksgiving to God. This stewardship season, let us ask ourselves, what are we doing with all we have? How are we stewarding our abundance? For Paul said to the Corinthians, You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God. May it be so. Amen.